I'm Kendra Winchester, and this is Reading Women, a podcast inviting you to reclaim half the bookshelf by discussing books by or about women. And today I'm talking to Jasmine Guillory, the author of Party of Two, which is out now from Berkeley. You can find a full transcript of this episode by checking out our show notes or on readingwomenpodcast.com and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss a single episode. Now, as many of you all know, if you follow my social media, I love Jasmine Guillory's books. I read her first book, The Wedding Day, and have read every book since then. I love the audiobooks, and I love the way that her books are just so joyful, and they celebrate these black women who are finding love, but also, you know, doing great in their careers, even though, you know, they have challenges, and they overcome those challenges, and these books just are so encouraging, especially right now uh, with everything that's going on. And so I was so delighted to talk to her. You know, you would think after interviewing authors now for several years that I would be able to keep my fangirling to a minimum and uh, not have that anxious, like fluttery feeling every time that I talk to an author, but I still do. And definitely for Jasmine Guillory, she was such a delight to talk to and I love learning more about romance novels. I am very new to romance novels. So I also talked to Brie uh, Hill, who is our romance specialist. I like to think she's like our romance correspondent. And she focuses a lot on her experience being a black woman reading romance and not often seeing herself in romance and promoting, you know, diverse books in the romance genre. And so I talked to her about this. And so she sent over some questions and, you know, we talked about the book a little bit and just basically gushed over how much we love Jasmine Guillory and the food in the books, of course. It's very important. Um, so many thanks to Brie. I will include all of Brie's links down in the show notes. Definitely go follow her if you don't already. She does an amazing job. And when I'm looking for a romance title, like she is the person that I go to. She also has an amazing YouTube channel. And I am just in all of her editing like every time I watch them. So definitely go check those out. So a little bit about Jasmine Guillory before I start talking to her. Um, she is a New York Times bestselling author of five romance novels. Um, including The Wedding Date and The Proposal, which we talk about in the interview. And her work has appeared in, oh, The Oprah Magazine, Real Simple, and The Cosmopolitan. And she lives in Oakland, California, which is also where a lot of her books are set. So um, without further ado, here's my conversation with the wonderful Jasmine Guillory. Jasmine, I'm so excited to talk to you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. So we were just talking before we started recording about how your book has come out. What has that been like publishing a book during a pandemic? You know, it's weird. <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> different. I mean, uh, the hardest thing I think is not being able to celebrate in person with like my friends and family and stuff or being able to talk to readers. Like I really valued the conversations that I've been able to have with readers over the past few years at bookstores. Um, but I think it, it's also helpful. Like it's nice to see people being excited about a book and finding ways to celebrate even in the midst of all of this, you know, it's, it's kind of heartwarming to see the, the ways that we're all figuring out, out our way through this pandemic. Yeah, you know, I think that's just so true. You know, when I pick up one of your books, I know that it's going to be this joyful, lightning reading experience filled with food. And, you know, that's just what we need right now. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad. I hope it brings people some joy in the midst of all of this. Yeah. So um, before we get started, I wanted to do, just ask you some general questions about becoming a romance author. Our contributor, Brie Hill, specializes in romance, and she focuses a lot on representation of Black women in romance. So she sent some questions. So many thanks to Brie for that. So her first question that she had is, uh, before you started being a romance writer, you had a totally different career. Uh, so what were you doing and how did you come about to become a romance author writing these amazing stories? Um, so I was a lawyer. Uh, I don't want to put that in a past tense. I am still a lawyer. I feel like once you're a lawyer, you can never give that up. Um, but I'm currently not practicing anymore. <laughs> um, but for a while I was both practicing as a lawyer and actively writing. And, you know, it, I started writing mostly because I needed some other creative outlet other than my job. I you know, needed something to come home and like take a break from the world. I'd been out of school for a while and I think I missed the process of learning something new. So that's when I started writing. When I first started writing, it wasn't adult romance. I, you know, the first thing that I wrote, which was not published, um, was young adult romance, which I still love. And I, I still love reading young adult books. And then, you know, it took a few years. I was reading a bunch of romance, but I wasn't really sure if I wanted to write it. And then once I start, cause I, when I, I was reading a lot of historical romance, which I love, I didn't think I could write it. I think my voice would really translate. And then I started reading more contemporary romance and I was like, Oh, this would be so much fun to write. So then I just sort of dove in and started writing and, um, just loved the process and love writing it and love reading it. And so that's kind of how that all happened. I, I really love stories about like writers discovering their passion and, you know, they have this career and then all of a sudden they discover writing and they find this joy in, in writing. And so I always love those stories. Another question that Brie had is you know, she focuses a lot of her work uh, on representation of black women in romance. And so, you know, she has talked a lot about her experience of first seeing herself in romance novels and how important that was to her. So she asks, when was the first time that you saw yourself as a black woman in a romance novel? And, you know, what was that like for you? I think the first romance novel by a black woman I read was a book by Beverly Jenkins, whose books I adore. And that was like, because I was reading a lot of historical romance. And so I started reading her books and I just love them. And so that was really revolutionary for me. Um, and it was just wonderful to read and see, you know, the wonderful, positive representation of black women in those books. And then I started looking for and finding more contemporary um, romances by black women. And so that was really wonderful as well. And so it, you know, so much in society portrays black women in such a, in such a different kind of terrible way. Um, and not the way that I see myself or that I see other black women I know. And so it was wonderful to dive into a world of romance novels where I, you know, see women being portrayed as the like romantic and strong and accomplished women that we really are. Yeah, and I really love that about your heroines is that they are all so different and they're all very, you know, vibrant characters and they all do a wide range of different things. And you can definitely see that passion for romance novels and having black women as heroines in 
in your novels. And that's one of the reasons why I love them. And you have women from all different kinds of age groups and backgrounds. Like I read Royal Holiday and uh, A Party of Two, like back to back, because I was just like, okay, I'm just just going through these. And I really love how you go from one love story where it's this woman has been, uh, you know, a black woman who's a single mom and, you know, she's done that thing. And now her child has grown and found love in the previous book. And then she finds love, you know, in her like fifties. And it brings much, so much joy um, in that. And the last question that Bree sent over was about that um, joy was about how during this really difficult time with everything going on, your book celebrate black joy and women, these women's experiences like that. So for you, could you talk a little bit about why it's so important to illustrate joy in books and, and why, um, all of that is really important to you? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it has been, a hard few years, um, to be black in America. And especially right now, there's so much coming straight at us about, you know, racism and police and violence. And that is not our lives. Like my whole life is not spent in struggle and in pain. And yes, that is a, that can be a part of it, especially in times like right now, but there's so much joy in being a black woman and, and, you know, hanging out with my friends and my, you know, big, wild, loud, fun family and falling in love and so many other great things. And so I wanted, I like to write about that. You know, I think that it's, fun for me to write about, fun for me to read about. And I think fun for other people, you know, especially other black women to see that kind of representation and to see, you know, to be able to experience that joy on a page as well. That is, that is amazing. And I I really appreciate how each of your books, these women, they find that joy. And that's, I mean, something that we all love about romance novels. Um, but I want to talk about your current book, the one that has just come out. I've read all of your uh, books in the series, and I it's one of my favorites. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say that, but <laughs> thank you. I love secret romances, so this was like just this thing. So you've written a wide range of heroines and heroes and different kinds of relationships and different professions. In your latest book, Party of Two, um, you have a whole new story. So can you talk a little bit about that book and why you wanted to tell the story next? Yes. Um, So Olivia, the heroine of Party of Two, is the sister of Alexa, who is the heroine of my first book, The Wedding Date. Um, And at the beginning of Party of Two, she's just moved back to California. Um, She's moved to Los Angeles to start a law firm with her, one of her best friends. And she's sitting at her hotel bar. She hasn't moved into her new house yet. And she gets into a conversation with the charming stranger at the bar. Um, She's a little suspicious of him. He jumps into her conversation with the bartender, but she chats with him anyway they talk for a while, um, and then she goes back to her hotel room and turns on the news and realizes that the guy that she's been chatting with is a senator, <laughs> and uh, which she, you know, she thought he looked vaguely familiar, but she's in L.A. Lots of people look vaguely familiar there, and then they run into each other again a few weeks later, and then he starts pursuing her and trying to get her to go out with him, and so she finally says yes. Uh, they start a relationship. 
Um, but they have to keep it a little bit of a secret, I think, mostly because, you know, he has a pretty high profile job. Neither of them want the attention on her um, that would go together with that, especially if they don't really know where they stand yet. And so a lot of the book, they're um, keeping their relationship a secret from the general public and from most of their friends as well. Which is always delightful because, you know, sneaking in and out. I don't know what it is about, like, secretly dating a celebrity. Haven't we all imagined that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Olivia is a lawyer, and you've returned to a profession that you're very familiar with. Was there something special about writing a woman who is also a lawyer for you? Um, There was, but it's funny because, you know, Olivia is a very different kind of lawyer than I was, and so... I had to do a lot of research on that. I talked to a bunch of women who have started their own law firms um, to kind of find out why they made why they made that decision, how it worked, what their struggles were, what was um, fun about it, what they loved about it, and so all of that really helped me build the character of Olivia. And that's something that. I really love is that in addition to the romance happening in these women's lives, they're always very like professional. They have like all these different goals that they're, they're wanting to achieve. And uh, in this particular one, you know, Olivia has started her own law firm um, just, and she's experienced a lot of sexism in the past working. Can you talk a little bit about that and why, you know, it's important to talk about women in the workplace, especially black women in the workplace trying to make a career and, you know, make a name for themselves in that way? Yeah, I mean, early in the book, you know, Olivia talks about how one of the reasons she finally made a decision to leave her old law firm was because, you know, she had more experience and more seniority but there were white men who, you know, people were paying attention to more than her listening to. They would, you know, do that thing that I think a lot of women are familiar with, which is repeat what she said in a meeting. And then everyone says, oh, great idea, Jeff, um, and didn't pay attention to the Olivia had already said it. You know, those are things that I think so many people have experienced. So many women I know have experienced over and over again. And so, you know, I wanted to make it seemed like real to people to, you know, these are stories that we have all experienced in our lives and have told other people. And this is why Olivia finally just cracked and was like, I'm going out on my own. I can't deal with these people anymore. So the hero of this book is a senator. And uh, did you do some research for that job? Because I'm going to be honest and say, I have no idea what the day-to-day lives of uh, a senator would look like. Um, I did do some research. I actually, uh, a a long time ago, I worked in a senator's office. So some of it came from that, but also that was a while ago. So I had to do some, you know, researches to see, like, is some of that still accurate? You know, when, how often do they come home? Because I think most people do come home, like, every week. So that's a lot of, a lot of back-to-back, um, coast-to-coast flights, you know, how their office is set up, where they live, um, and, you know, lots of senators and members of the House of Representatives do have roommates. Max in this book has a roommate in his apartment in D.C., which is often true for especially early in the early years um, of that because they have to keep two households up. And a lot of people don't want to have, you know, a whole big house that they live in in D.C. by themselves. So there's a lot of people who like bunk up with other members of, of Congress. Um, so that was fun to kind of do that research and talk to people and read articles about it's always interesting to see 
the new jobs in your romance novels? Because I, I, you know, I'm a bookish person. I've only worked in one kind of field. And every time I open one of your books, I feel like I'm just like living with this person in their day-to-day lives, which I think is something really (laughs) special that you've done in all of your books. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. And the thing with um, your books as well is that a lot of the them have interracial relationships in the romance and there's a lot of different things that they have to work through in their relationship you know it's not just all like you know swooning and people sweeping each other off their feet and different things um can you talk a little bit about the circumstances that arise um in this book and why it was important to portray relationships and all the difficulties that come with them Yeah. I mean, you know, Olivia and Max have had very different life experiences and some of that, some of their experiences they share, they've both worked very hard, you know, throughout their lives, but Olivia has had to prove herself in a way that Max really hasn't. Um, and so, you know, they talk about that in, in some of the, you know, experiences that they've had with work, with the criminal justice system, with, you know, friends and relationships, you know, some of that is in common, but some of it is very different. And so they talk through a lot of what in their background has made them who they are and what is different about them and how race has played a role in that. And, but they have those conversations, at least I hope they do, in a natural way, in a way that I have had conversations like this in my life with friends and family members and romantic partners as we kind of get to know each other and figure out what has shaped us throughout our lives. For me, I think it's really interesting to see that in a lot of cases, the thing that may keep them apart is just their life circumstances, which I feel like is very much how like everyday people fall in love and, and have relationships. But this one is a little... Uh, special because, you know, he is a bit of, you know, he's a senator. So like he's very well known. So there are outside factors. And one of the things I found interesting is, you know, this is a romance novel and, you know, we, we know eventually people find out about them. Uh, did you do some research or, or background into like what it might be like to have like your relationship, a very high profile relationship go public like that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I read a little bit about, you know, other relationships like that with, you know, either uh, people in politics or celebrities and things like that. And to see, you know, how did that happen? What was the press like to try to think about what what the background was and where how they made that decision. And so some of it, you know, some of what's in the book kind of came from that research. And then some of it, I just sort of thought might be fun to include. So, so I hope it all makes sense and, and seems fun for you too. <laughs> oh, it definitely was. You also include a lot of food in your books, which I might sound tangential, but it's not because they're very important to the story. And whenever I recommend your books, I'm always like, I love these romance novels. Also, there's food. And <laughs> <laughs> so you also like feature different kinds of cuisine. This one, there's a lot of like baked goods, a lot of cakes and and pastries and different things. Um, Is that something that you plan out or is that just something that happens organically? Because I've talked to a lot of people. It's also one of their favorite things about your books as well. (laughs) Well, that's delightful. Um, It usually actually happens organically. You know, I was kind of in this one, I kind of first thought about 
it, you know, when Max is wooing Olivia, he sends her a cake uh, to try to get her to go out with him because when they had been at the bar, they'd had conversations about cake. And I kind of thought of that, like, that would be a fun thing. Instead of sending someone flowers or something else, like, what if he sent her a cake? And so then it kind of happened organically as they talk about, you know, big goods do play a role in their relationship, but, um, but it's more about what they like and are trying to listen to one another. Cause you know, Max sends for that cake because they'd have been having conversation and he remembered what she had said. And so that was something that was kind of key to her that he was really paying attention to what they talked about and thought about it weeks later. And so, and so I think, you know, food is often important in relationships because it's often something that's really important to you. You know what your favorite cake is. If someone else remembers that that's your favorite, like that's it. That really means that they've been thinking about you and really care about what you like and what you want. And, and I like to reflect that in my book. I, I still remember there's a scene, um, in the proposal where they go to like a taco truck, I think, uh-huh. <laughs> and they just sit down and I, I love, really spicy food and so I just still think about that scene and I think adding the food maybe maybe it's because I'm obsessed obsessed with food but aren't we all Um, yeah yeah I I just think that it brings so much vibrance to it and it's sort of like if like Food Network and had a romance novel and it's just naturally part of the (laughs) book so anyway, I'm I'm gushing about the food, but it really is something we're all very excited about in your well, books. You so <laughs> and you've written, if you've written, is it five books now? This is the fifth, yeah. Yeah. So you started with the wedding date, which um, I remember when it came out, and it made quite a splash. And you've come out with, you know, many since then. How has your writing process changed since you published the wedding date, and how do you keep coming up with? you know, these new situations and new stories to keep telling, you know, stories about all of these amazing women? Um, You know, my writing process, like certain things have stayed the same. Um, I still, when I'm working on a draft, I try to work on it every day, mostly just to keep the characters and story in my head um, the whole time. And for me to like stay alive in that world that I'm creating and experiencing. I do try to outline in advance, but a lot of things change in between when I draft the outline and when I draft the story. And so I try to kind of roll with the punches a little bit and see, you know, if I have a new idea, if that changes the story, okay, I'll just go with it. Sometimes that means, you know, I'll write a scene and think, nope, that doesn't work going back to the, you know, the drawing board. And then sometimes it really works and I have to scrap something from what I had had an idea of for the end and create something new. And so I've just tried to stay in that, you know, world of creativity. And then if I'm struggling, reach out to my friends who are writers and other people to, you know, get inspiration or to bounce things off of them and things like that, which has also been incredibly helpful. How do you choose like what like side character, I guess oftentimes it's a side character that you're going to focus on next? I mean, do you plan that out while you're writing the previous book where they're mentioned? Or is that just something like, hey, I really loved writing this character. Let me write a book about their story. Um, definitely the latter. I mean, but it, it's also more than that. It's, you know, it's that I really love writing about them and I want to write their story. But then I also need to have an idea for what that story would be. Like for instance, um, in the proposal, my second book, 
I really loved writing about Carlos in The Wedding Date. He was the uh, Drew, the hero in The Wedding Date, his best friend in that book. But for a long time, you know, I didn't, I hadn't plans to write a book about Carlos because I didn't have the right idea for him. I had brainstormed a few things and none of them really worked. And so I was thinking about writing something else for the next book. And then I had the idea and then it was perfect. And I went with Carlos. And so, but I think that it just, you know, you have, I have to have a character that I really want to write about and know that I have a story that I want to tell for them. And so those two things have to go together because there are certain characters that I've written in the past that I I would love to write a book about, but I don't really have the right story for them just yet. Well, I really love that you went with Carlos because he was one of my favorite characters in The Wedding Day. And I was overjoyed when I picked up the proposal. And one (laughs) of the fun things that I like is picking up the next in your books and like, okay, who is she, who's she going to pick for this one? And there's like that anticipation of like what character will appear in the next book, which is which is really fun. And one of the things I think is great about romance novels is oftentimes there are if you read a lot of them, there are like recurring setups or tropes. And in that, are there any uh, of your favorite tropes or setups that you haven't covered yet that you would really like to cover like in the future? Oh, that's a great question. Not quite yet. You know, I haven't really thought, like, I I love fake dating, obviously, which is why my first book, The Wedding Date, was about fake dating. (laughs) And so that, I think I could easily go back to that at some point. But there, you know, there are a few really fun tropes out there that I haven't gotten to yet, but I'm not quite sure what will be next. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, like I mentioned, love secret dating and one of my favorites is the couple that's already married and they have to like kind of, they try to, you know, they fall back in love with each other essentially. Um, yes, that is a fun one. So if you ever did that, I mean, no pressure or anything. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, I could talk about your books forever, but uh, I don't want to keep you. But before I let you go, um, what books would you recommend to our listeners? They can be anything you're reading right now or maybe other romance novels you recommend or really the sky's the limit. Um, Let's see. Well, there are a few great ones um, that are already out this summer. They're coming out. Um, I love The Boyfriend Project by uh, Farrah Roshan. That book was so much fun and had really great stuff about like black women in the workplace and also female friendships, which is something that I love reading books about. Um, Vanessa Riley has a book, um, out this summer, um, called Duke, a lady and a baby, which is a, um, historical romance that is also so much fun. Um, one to watch comes out, um, in July, which is about, I, um, basically a plus size blogger who goes on what's basically the bachelorette. And that is a delightful book to read. I also loved, um, Alexis Daria has a new book coming later this summer called, um, you had me at Ola. Um, that one is great. It's about, um, two people who are co-stars and then fall in love. Um, so that's a handful of, of delightful ones that you can, you can reach it you can find. Well, those sound wonderful. I'll definitely be adding them to my list. Uh, but thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Jasmine, and talking with me about your books. They just bring me so much joy. And thank you so much for putting them out into the world. Oh, my goodness. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. 
I'd like to thank Jasmine Guillory for talking with me about her latest novel, Party of Two, which is out now from Berkeley. You can find her on Twitter at The Best Jasmine and on her website, jasminegillory.com. And of course, all of her information will be linked in our show notes. I'd also like to say a special thank you to our patrons whose support makes this podcast possible. You can find Reading Women at readingwomenpodcast.com and on Instagram and Twitter at The Reading Women. And you can find me at KD Winchester. And thanks so much for listening. Storybound is a podcast where acclaimed writers read their essays and stories, which are then scored by unique and award-winning composers, with each episode hosted by myself, Jude Brewer. With Storybound, you'll find a whole array of genres and musical styles, some painful yet sweet, or hilarious yet tragic, all brought to you by the Podglomerate and Lit Hub Radio. Hi, I'm So Pandep. Hi, I'm Megan Angelo. This is Tommy Orange. This is Amanda Stern. This is Phil Cly. Hello, this is Stephanie Dandler. My name is Chloe Caldwell, and you're listening to Storybound. Storybound. This is Storybound. 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 This is the Storybound Podcast. Season two will be arriving on July 14th with new episodes every Tuesday, featuring writers like Stephanie Dandler, Garth Greenwell, Tommy Orange, Chloe Caldwell, and more. Make sure to subscribe today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And tell a friend, because the next best thing to hearing a great story is having someone to share it with.